buying a property is not as easy as you think. Okay, let's spend after. Or like what people okay, say, come. you think that it's buying a vegetable from the market. She actually put down a lot of considerations and also what's the thing that we need to look for in order to understand how auction property works. Vicky House, Francis's lady, it taught me a lot of things. Before I came to this class, she already helped me to own an auction property. Very informative. This course has been very enlightening. It's a wonderful three-day course. It was a fantastic course. She's a person or a teacher that very passions. What she taught you is actually very practical. The information that she gives is uh, on point, useful and applicable. She explained a lot and very details uh, in a very specific way. And also, uh, most of the things that I do know, I know now. She gives you a very inside details of everything. It's a real-life experience that Vicky Hao shared with us. For the amount that we are paying, we get so much more. We're very generous in sharing her knowledge. She won't hide, you know, keep those tactics. I feel it's one of the best courses that I've attended. You can go to YouTube and Google and you'll never get the same thing because she has first-hand experience in the market. The most interesting thing about this course is definitely how to approach auction property purchase. Vicky Howe gave very detailed insights and step-by-steps. How to choose valuation, auction. In fact, everything that you want to know about property is all covered in this course. When I was very, very down, I write an email to myself. After two years, right, I found this email of my own, so I read it back. Everything I achieved, something that is important to you, you will be in your subconscious mind, and you will forever remember it. Hi, good evening everyone! Welcome to Ask Vicky How. Today we have got someone very special to me. Uh, we have been friends for many, many years, for the longest time ever. Um, his name is Chu Diwei, and Mr. Chu is actually a lawyer in practice. And let me introduce, um, let Chu Diwei introduce himself. Hi, Diwei. Can you briefly introduce Hi, yourself? Thanks, Vicky, for having me. So, just for everyone's knowledge, I've known Vicky for the longest time. I also know her husband for the longest time as well. Um, I believe... <laughs> That's the best uh, introduction ever because people would be thinking that you're my husband. Okay, there, there's a lightning in our poster, so that's why it <laughs> focuses on the you know? Yeah, okay. All right. Um, my husband wouldn't be appropriate person to talk about divorce <laughs> <laughs> with me. Okay. Right, um, Mr. Chudiwei is in practice for quite some time already and he has done so much of divorce cases. 
So yeah, divorce cases is getting more and more common during this MCO period, especially during this MCO period. So um, do you getting more businesses for uh, divorce cases, Dwey? Um, I would say that there has been a significant increase of uh, divorce cases because of March last year in 2020, MCO, and then we have all the variations yeah. of MCO, CMCO, all those things. But yes, there's been an increase. Uh, we always try to tell people, try not to let us yes. the marriage. But, but yes, there, there has been an increase. I agree. Of course, we don't encourage anyone to get divorced. Uh, but if the marriage is really pulling you back, um, I think that it's a solution needs to be done. Well, while we are talking about divorce and asset allocation, feel free to type in your questions below so that we can ask Mr. Chudiway on the spot. Right. Um, what is the common reason for a divorce? What is the common reason that so, you, is it money the biggest common factor reason for in your experience? Let me put it this way, um, the more assets mm. there are between the spouses, the more disputed the divorce is. I see. Okay, so it's not because of no money, but because of too much of money. All right. So yeah, um, a lot of friends also told me, those friends who get divorced, I mean, I am surrounded by people who are divorced. Um, my mother is one of them, um, Alfred's parents, um, and many of my family members are divorced, and also uh, a lot of people that I know divorced as well. Um, a lot of people tell me that, Getting married is more complicated than getting a divorce, which is just signing a page of paper. Uh, just not page of paper, I mean a stack of paper. And rather than, you know, like marriage, you're going through a few steps like traditions and marriage and ceremonies, uh, bachelor nights, <laughs> banquet. Um, I can understand why you are not there yet. <laughs> and you know, is that true that getting divorced is easier than getting married? Um, actually, getting divorced is more cumbersome mm. or expensive than getting married. Because uh, getting married, let's not talk about the whole wedding ceremony, etc. Mm. You, you want to register the marriage, it's... You go to the ROM, done, it's married. But yep. if you want to have a divorce, then you need to have your lawyers, you need to go to court, you need to get all of this sorted out, and it's going to be a very complicated kind of divorce. You're looking at a couple of years with more legal fees, etc. So, too expensive to get a divorce rather than to get married. Is it uh, a way that can get divorced easily? Provided both parties agree to the terms of the divorce, then yes, you can go by a joint petition, but even then you still need to engage a lawyer and you would still need to go to court to say, uh, judge, you agree to the terms of this divorce uh, and, and that's it. Then, of course, you need to update your JP and on your status mm. and you would show that you are now single. 
Okay, so. Oh, divorcee, not single. Okay. All right. As opposed to not getting married to begin with, just just show single Hmm. I see. Right. Um. Very important questions. Now, if uh one the other parts, um, let's say my husband uh or wife um the other partners doesn't want to get divorced and just one of them want to get divorced. Okay, just just example ah. Uh, it's definitely not me. <laughs> I know you know. It's weird that we are talking about this topic today. It's really weird that we are talking about this topic today. Dewey, do you remember a few years ago when I first met you and introduced Alfred to you with my children and you think that I'm coming to you for a divorce care? <laughs> okay, so just the questions. We are in good terms. Me and Alfred is very loving. Just for example, if one of us doesn't want to get divorced, the other one wants to get divorced. So is it still possible to get it done? Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. It's 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 very much possible. Ah, uh, but what ah uh, this scenario you're looking at is what we call a single petition, i.e., one party wants it, the other party does not mm. want a divorce. So if you if one party wants to initiate a single petition, okay. Then uh, there are a few conditions. Number one, uh, obviously your marriage needs to be more than two years. Uh, if not more than two years, then we have the unit of court. Assuming that your marriage is more than two years, then you also need to go to a marriage tribunal, uh, and then to tell so that the tribunal can give a, a a certificate or letter to say that the marriage cannot be solved. Only then, only then. You can then file your single petition, and your single petition is only premised on a few issues. Number one, it can be either adultery or unreasonable behaviour mm. by another spouse, or your spouse has uh, has has left one or two years ago, amongst others. Then you file your single petition, then you go to court, and then you fight it out. It's like a full blown trial, right? I so, see. To answer your question, it's a yes and no. Yes, it can be done. Practically, if it can be resolved, everyone agreeing is great. But if not, then no choice. Huh? I see. If um, if that's the case, um, going to court. How long does this process gonna take? If going to court, uh, to to fight it out. How long can it be concluded? If um, anything from. Uh, you're looking at at least about two years. I I say two years simply because I factor in COVID. Okay, if without COVID, mm, it should be about in a year. Okay, so it's definitely more troublesome than getting a marriage. <laughs> um, my mom and dad actually had a divorce when I was eight months old. Um, so their marriage, I think, doesn't last for a year. So that's also the reason why I think there was a lengthy process. Um, when I was four years old, my mom finally get a official divorce to uh to divorce my dad. I still remember I was the one 
who walking towards my dad. That was my first time seeing my dad. And I was walking towards my dad and giving the divorce letter to my dad. That was the first time I seen my dad and holding a divorce letter to him. And I didn't, of course, at a four years old girl, I was so cute. Um, of course, I didn't know uh, what, was, what it was the content of the letter. But years later, only I discovered that it was a divorce letter. So it took about four years for my mom's case. Um, but if, let's say, the, the couple, um, both of them, didn't have, couldn't afford a lawyer to fight it out and sink a petition, is it possible to get um, government support on this matter? Your government support will be dependent on the means test. Uh, the means test, i.e. that if you go uh, to a institution, i.e. your legal aid uh, clinic, your okay. legal aid would tend to say that, okay, let's look at your salary, etc., 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 if you come within the means test, then yes, you can help. But if it's not within the means test, then they can help. And the, and, and the test is quite stringent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can one lawyer act for both parties? If they want to save the cost, like, you know, buying houses, you know, we always think that buying houses, we can save costs on legal yes. fees. We share our lawyers. Okay, which I don't advise to. Lah. Okay. Can both parties... Uh, Share a lawyer? Okay. If it's a joint petition, both parties can then say, I want lawyer X to be the person to bridge everyone together. Mm. And lawyer X would be lawyer for both parties. Okay. But for a single petition, no. But if, let's say, uh, the lawyers is acting for both parties, can this be done uh, impartially based on your experience? Um, Obviously, no, because when we have one set of lawyers mm. acting supposedly for both parties, the lawyers, of course, would do their... utmost best to uh, represent their one of the parties, but because that particular lawyer does. So, I would say that the perception possibly could be that this lawyer is going to favor one party or the other, but always go back to that lawyer because if that lawyer is very professional, very independent, then that lawyer would be serving both parties. Okay, okay. So it also depends on, the, I think this is a human nature. If that lawyer is husband's friend, so obviously it's going to be siding on the husband if the husband is going to pay for it. Mm, right? I think it's very normal to have that um, issue. That's, that's, that's correct to an extent because if that lawyer decides to choose one side, mm. then that lawyer has to deal with the repercussions, anything goes wrong. All right. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to insist that ultimately there needs to be someone, the, the lawyer has to have a, a very independent role and objective because ultimately he is the officer of the court. So if he says he represents both husband and wife, he needs to be very, he or she, sorry, needs to be absolutely independent and to further the interest and cause an objective of both parties, husband and wife. Okay. So after usually marriage for a while, being in a marriage for a while, there are so many assets that bought together. 
um, maybe by either one of the party or the, either the husband is very successful, owns a lot of assets, or they both have got a joint name assets, uh, could be cars, properties, cash, and most ultimate children. Okay. Now, please clarify that um, whether is it true or not that under the Malaysian family law, women are entitled to 50% of the husband's asset. Wow, this is really something that I really want to know about it. All this while, by default, I think it's 50% goes to the wife. Alfred is not listening. Why are you so afraid? <laughs> has got a upper hand than the man. Don't worry, I will hire you as a lawyer. Okay. I, I, I hope that answered the question. question. Yeah. So, can I say that woman has got upper hand than the man? Personally, 
it does favor to an extent the women. Uh, but I understand because this is a 1976 act, it's, it's completely uh, in earlier parts where the wife was supposed to stay at home and then the husband is the breadwinner. It doesn't take into account our current situation where husband and wife are continue to be equal. So I'll give you an example. Mm. The husband, insofar as claiming for spousal maintenance, uh, people, will think, uh, people will know this more as the alimony. Okay. Uh, Favors, it favors the wife significantly more than the husband because when it comes to the husband claiming from the wife, there are very specific conditions as mm. opposed to the wife claiming from the husband. Okay. What kind of conditions, uh, if the man wants to claim it from the wife, what are the um, you know most common conditions? The, the husband has to be so incapacitated that he is cannot work anymore, etc. Then only can get the It is to that extent. I see. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, Alfred, I didn't intend to give ideas, uh, to... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are frozen. Okay, don't worry. Um, you were frozen for like 10 seconds. So Alfred couldn't hear you. Uh, thank you so much for answering that question. Now I have, this leads to another question, which is, I'm going to ask, what about woman's asset? Okay, what about woman's asset? Do we as a woman have to give like our 50% of our assets um, that we own maybe perhaps after the marriage? Okay, do we have to give this 50% of our asset to our husbands if divorce in the event that we got divorced? Again, it really comes down to the court's decision to see how... That, okay, so the good thing about this, about the law reform marriage and divorce and that the courts have the utmost and ultimate kind of say to decide. Mm. And in deciding that, they look at everything, like wife's uh, interest, husband's interest, and, and more importantly, the children's interest. So when they look at that, They will be able to make how these assets are. Fantastic. So the men's out there, uh, whoever that's watching, um, be very careful. <laughs> um, to anyone that's watching, thank you so much. Uh, for women, great news. For men, um, be very careful. Don't force your wife to... <laughs> be a good man, be a good houseman at home during the MCO. <laughs> but seriously, I don't think it's the MCO that contribute to all this kind of divorce. But I believe that most of the time, it's communication breakdowns pyro to this MCO. And it accumulate, all this kind of feeling already accumulated way before the MCO. It's just that, you know, every single day that they face each other in the, um, at home, in the MCO, it flare up again. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. It, it, it's not because of the MCO. Some people actually get much more loving during the MCO. Some people created babies during the MCO. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> 
Right. So I don't think so. <laughs> so I don't think so. It's because of the MCO that contributed to all this kind of divorces. But it's just that um, it's times someone, you know, it just gave them an excuse that oh, it's time to let it go. So mm. yeah. No, now, actually, Vicky, I, I, sorry, Vicky, I agree with you that, mm. uh, that, that, that communication is key. And I think that because in the past, the communication wasn't there, mm. people were okay because they were like working everywhere. And when you bring everyone in together, then parties realize that communication itself was not good enough. Mm. And because communication was not good enough, therefore it leads to fights. And fights happen could lead to divorce or worse still domestic abuse uh okay um i do hear a lot of uh, domestic abuse recently and i read a few news regarding about this and you know shockingly someone enlightened me which is my dearest sister-in-law which you know her grace actually told me that you know why people stay in an abusive relationship which I always ask these questions. Why would someone be so silly to stay on with someone who beat them? And according to Grace, Grace said, you know why? It's because they thought this is a way of expressing love. This is the way the husband trying to express love to them. So they stay on and they feel love. I know it's a little bit disgusted, but... In in certain degree, it, it feels like, yeah, you know, your parents used to beat you and they tell you, why do daddy or mommy beat you? It's because mommy, daddy love you. So that is how they've been educated since they were young. Okay, never mind. You cannot comprehend this kind of feeling. This is not... Sorry, no, no, this is, this is beyond the bedroom kind of abuse kind of thing, is it? <laughs> I don't know what kind of abuse you're talking about. Sorry, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to say that abuse is uh, incorrect. Yes, I really think that if, honestly, if there's going to be abuse, don't take it. It, it cannot be that you have to, don't even take this sign of love because you all deserve and you all don't need this kind of unnecessary things yes you all are great this yeah okay sorry of course we we don't encourage this program doesn't encourage you to get a divorce but if it is uh, something that is unrepairable ah, to us to a certain extent of unrepairable relationship I think it, it is good to let it go it's much more healthy to move on yeah. I find that Right, if um if let's say for me I own okay, multiple sorry. of assets <laughs> if I own multiple of assets together with my spouse, how does the court decide whether who shall get which part of the asset? Um how does the court decide who gets what? Okay, when you talk about owning multiple assets with your spouse, is this in a capacity as husband and wife? Because there are some situations where the wife or the husband works in the company. Mm. In the same company. Correct. Okay. So that is a that, that's quite, quite a little bit different. Then you have to go on the basis that uh, although I am an employee, but I have given more stuff, more sacrifice because I'm the spouse. So let's assume.
assume that it's mm. on the basis that husband and wife are not employees of each other, they, they, they are there in terms of their assets. Again, again, it really comes down to court. Uh, for the, I, I cannot stress enough that the court would really, really look at every single facet of things. Yep. So, especially when you have children. Mm. And, and that ultimately is the top part thing. And I agree. Because if you have children, they are innocent. They never ask to be born. But mm. they are there. So, you have to give them that priority, that paramount consideration. Okay. And talking about children, right, it's, it's having to see the children being separated from uh, one of the parents is really devastating. You know, they always used to think that the family, and usually some couple, they actually do some drama in front of the children. Um, they always pretend that they are lovey-dovey. And then after that, behind their back, they are actually quarreling every single time. And you know, all these children, like what you say, they are very naive. They doesn't know that the, what is going on all this while. And suddenly, when you break that news to them that, you know, daddy and mommy is going to get a divorce, and this is really devastating because you are not prepared. It's unprecedented for them. Um, so how does the judge decide which parents the children should follow? Okay, so good question. Mm. Let's go on the basis that the children are seven years and below. So when the child or children are seven years and below, the presumption I use the word presumption because it's just there, but you can always rebut it. Presumption is that it goes to the mark. However, however, you can, the, the husband can always say that, hey, yes, the presumption is that it goes to the mother, but the mother is an alcoholic drug and it brings men into the house and cause the children to be in a very impactful kind of situation. Therefore, husband gets asleep. But for the most part, for the most part, uh, from what I see that the clients that I have, they're all very uh, reasonable. Mm. So usually it's going to be on the basis that joint custody control care, everyone benefits from that. Okay, so when you talk about joint uh, custody, what does joint custody means? Uh, can't be like, you know, the children having so, two parents at the same time. Mm. Both parties, uh, I, I'm going to lump everything together. Joint custody control care means that um, both parties decide on religion, education, what's going to happen to the child, to the child or children in the near future. I see. Right. I'm going to ask you something even more. Okay. <laughs> this leads to another okay, question in my child. mind. Um, not just maintenance of the child. Like, for example, you oh. say both of them would decide on the school and on the religions and whatnot. But then, you know, even if a perfect couple who are living together may not be able to have a align to this kind of decision, they may not come into alignment. What about already separated? What if one of the, one of the parents decided to make an individual decision? I'm going to decide my children's going to be Muslim because I'm going to marry a Muslim. Can it be done in such a way? What can what kind of action can the father do against the mother? Okay. 
looking at a scenario that you have to go to court, you apply to court, say that there's a breach of the court order, and then you ask the judge to give necessary orders. I see. Which is, which is completely, which is so, which is so drastic. It's, it's like, you, it's like an end. Uh, you want to kill an end, you're using a sledgehammer, which really, really can be resolved by communication, which again comes back to what you said earlier. I agree. Communication, but no. It's, uh... But... This is something that happens every single time, you know. Um, you know, every single time. Otherwise, where do you get so much of court cases? I, I, I agree. So, that's why the people, listeners out there, should listen to what he is. And that communication, all of these things, it's just severe escalation of things. Because ultimately, if it's good, if you can just resolve it in terms of the communication... Nothing is going to happen after that, eh? Right. So the conclusion is, whatever I just asked, conclusion. Uh, the conclusion is, do not stir a hurricane in a cup. Yes. Yes. That's the conclusion. Right. So if you got a court order on joint petition, don't pandai pandai sendiri. Right. If, um, what is considered a women's situation in a divorce, okay? Um, I know when you someone is going to going to get divorced, it's not going to be a happy ending. But I do heard that one couple um, is a friend of mine, and I was asking her, why do you get a divorce? You know, I was so kipochina back then. Uh, why do you get a divorce? And how does it feel like getting a divorce? You know, I wasn't even married back then. So she said, you know, everybody okay. walked to the, you know, the JPN. They were so angry at each other. But both of them, both of them they were like uh, friends since childhood or something like that. They were happily chit-chatting. And then it, everyone around him, them were just la- looking at them. They're laughing at each other. You know, they, they, they're already getting a divorce. But they are still happy. But is there a couple like that that you have in your experience? Um, I will give you both sides are uh, very happy things are very rare but I've seen two to give positivity to all of this mm-hmm. there was one couple that I know after they got divorced but before it was made absolute they actually got back together so there oh. is some Positivity in all of this. Wow. Wow. That is nice. Um, that means, you know, when you, you got divorced and then you got back together, that m- must be the one. Uh. It must be the one already. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But what is, um, um, rather than going through all this kind the of one. fights. I agree. And I agree. So right, rather than going through all these fights, um, is there a women's situation whereby you know both husband and wife already decide, uh, okay, the way we want you to do the divorce for us, but we have decided, no, uh, we parted this way, or is there a women's situation that you can cough for them, or you can advise them to have a women's situation? What are the women's situation divorce solution? Um. Usually what I do 
usually what I would do is that I would tell them both that, okay, you tell me what, uh, talk to each other first. I'm not going anymore. Uh, you sit down somewhere, have coffee or whatever, talk about it. Mm. Write everything down. Because usually a lot of people are thinking, oh yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. But then when I ask them that, oh, 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 I didn't think about it. Then, hence, it's always important. Write it down, both sides. And once you agree, let, then let the lawyer know. Then easy to be drafted. Most of the time, uh, it's there will always be one or two stumbling blocks, but it's not it's not a huge stumbling block. So it's always good that both for the stumbling blocks really, really, really talk. Okay. So if let's say it's a um, joint petition, okay, it's a joint petition. Just now we talk about single petition. It gonna takes about one year to two years, uh, depending on the situation as well. But if a uh, um, joint petition, how long does this whole entire process takes? Factoring COVID, maximum four months. <laughs> if no COVID, two months. Uh, that is what my friend say. Just sign a paper, you can walk out of the marriage easier than getting married. No, no, but, but I agree, sign paper, but there is always going to be that last thing you just need to go to court uh, before COVID. Huh? You go to court, stand there, give your IC and say, Saya setuju, Just one word, Saya setuju. That's all. They, there is no. And of course, you have to dress properly, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you can't wear t-shirt and go I to court. I say this. I, 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 I say this because there was one specific client that, that I said dress properly, give all this uh as a piece to dress, then came to court with this really short skirt, and then I said, <sighs> guy or girl. So, so we, we told we, we told everyone, and then it's just this person, the wife, would, just didn't listen, and then she was actually denied entry into into court until we had to tell the judge, uh, tell the tell the guards that look, it's okay. We just give a little bit of leeway, you know, shawl and clothes on. Then better. Yes, we told her not to wear something short, but then apparently not. Uh, didn't listen. You mean, um, you mean court cannot wear skirt or is really, really short, like a micro skirt or? Well, uh, ultimately, court will be like the government in a way, in a way, it's like mm. a way it's like so, so you need to dress uh, appropriately. Right. Uh, this person wore a skirt that is way above the knee, lah. Okay. I I I oh okay 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 right okay okay I I I have lots of imagination ready. <laughs> not you. Not Alfred. Okay. Okay. So yeah, how do you as a lawyer deal with all this drama involved? 
right in the divorce most of the time clients are either sad or frustrated or angry or probably take out take it out on you um is it possible to get a divorce and remains as friends okay not asking them to get married again but do they actually walked out from your office happily is it possible It's, it is possible. It is definitely possible. Uh, just not too common. Uh, because the moment you, the lawyer steps in the picture, then if it's not a joint petition, especially, then uh, uh, each party would say, talk to my lawyer, talk to my lawyer, talk to my lawyer. And, and it escalates completely terribly. Isn't that is the standard phrase? I thought all the lawyer would advise their client, ask them to talk to me, ask them to talk to me. Don't 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 communicate with them directly. I thought that was what uh, the advice from the lawyer. Uh, the lawyer will ask them, hey, don't don't talk to you, your uh, husband or wife. Ask them to talk to me directly. Isn't it supposed to be the way? When it comes to family matters, uh, and I think I speak. Substantial number of, of, of those practicing law uh, have made We always try to encourage uh, communication and reconciliation between the clients. So we always say, look, we really don't want to get involved. Mm. Try talk, but because of the nature of, in, of things, therefore clients would say, no, I don't care. I don't you know, let's, let's, uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Screw you, I don't talk to my lawyer. Then. Both sides say talk to your lawyer, then, then we come in the picture, then both sides are thinking, ah, okay, Ryan say that, let's just talk to each other. But we try to promote as much as possible reconciliation. If not even reconciliation, at some point, blends of a harmonious family mm. relationship between husband and wife, especially when it comes to children. Yes, yes. Um, is I also, I also, Vicky, just to answer, just to answer your question, uh, mm. yes, uh, when it comes to family lawyers, um, the calls, it turns from clients, is way beyond business hours. It would be anything from 10 to 3 a.m. in the morning because they would, they would be, they would feel, um, they, they would seek some form of validation or some form of comfort. The lawyers are no longer lawyers. They become psychiatrists, psychologists, a friend, uh, someone to give an ear and to listen to. Yeah. I think I do realize that as well. Although Alfred is not doing divorce cases, but I think lawyers sometimes can become good friends of clients as well. Um, especially, you know, the, the person who helped them through and I, I do feel that way as well. Sometimes uh, I find that Alfred has got uh, some certain uh, amount of um, sympathies and um, towards the clients. And yeah, sometimes you need to talk uh, to clients for wee hours, like, you know, two, three o'clock. Um, regardless of whether it's a family law, um, um, divorce cases, or even some other cases as well. I do understand that. Okay. Coming from a you, lawyer's wife. I think, correct. I, and I think you found a keeper. 
very, very good keeper as a husband. Sorry? I have a good keeper for husband? Well, fact, I take that as a compliment. This <laughs> <laughs> is absolutely awesome. Okay, so what are the legal costs? What are the legal costs and damages okay. that going to incur to both parties? Sports, okay, um, but of course there's a market rate, and there are certain people out there who would say that the market rate doesn't apply, and they would undercut it. Uh, when it comes to a single petition, again, it, it, it there's a huge range of the legal fees imposed. Mm. So, Vicky, uh, uh, I, I know what I know what you ask because uh, you would like for the listeners to know. Mm. Oh, that hey, if I want it, um, I cannot give an answer on the public setting. Mm. But uh, it's it it really depends on the lawyers. Do you have a range? Varies from how many? Oh, uh, if I can give a range from a single petition, from what I hear, mm. it's about one thousand to six thousand. Single petition, six thousand. Okay. Um. So, joint petition. No, no. Joint. Sorry, sorry. Joint petition. Sorry, joint petition. Joint petition. Anyway, so single petition. Six, from what I hear. Okay. Um. Really, really, really dependent on the uh, lawyer. Facts. No, yes. Uh, well, lawyer and and facts because say for example if um, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give you a, an illustration. Um, husband wants to sue the wife because of adultery. Right? Now, the husband is going to say, hey, then the husband has to write, hey, I want to sue my wife because uh, I want to divorce my wife and I know who this person is for uh, causing the breakdown in marriage. He ruined everything. Then the lawyer will say, okay, uh, husband, thank you. Uh, what evidence do you have? Nothing. Then you're like, so how are you going to prove your claim for adultery? Uh, then you have to ask that for everything once. Picture then, emails mm. get someone to tell them, uh, get someone to yeah take pictures of this thing. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the more complicated it is, the fees increase. This feels like you know those TVB dramas and whatever dramas you know the suits, um, whatever dramas that we've been watching. It is exactly the same in the drama. So someone is gonna um, a detective. They're gonna hire a detective to go and take a few pictures. Um, Oh, this is so so drama. Okay, right. So, what about yes. single petition? What about single petition? How much does it cost? Uh, the range. Yeah, that's the thing. I I can't really give a range because it, oh, it depends on. Okay, so it depends on how famous is the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> And how much work they need to do, how much work they need to do, um, okay, I sort of think the rest of them understand. So yeah, okay, alright. 
<laughs> so these are the damages guys if you if you're looking at divorce uh, it is not easy because you're gonna give like 50% of your assets not just that it also depends on the amount of money that you're gonna pay all your lawyers and one thing I heard about Donald Trump. Oh, uh, so, uh, sorry, sorry, Vicky. Yeah. Sorry, Vicky. Uh, can, can, I, can I also add that? Uh, yeah. If you sue, uh, say for example, husband or wife, you sue uh, your spouse to say for adultery, if you bring in that third party, you know who that adulteress or adulterer just against that alleged adulteress or adulterer. That means in the sense that you ask money, compensation. Because mm. That bastard or person has caused the breakdown of marriage. Okay, so you can sue someone when you're wrongdoing for your own wrongdoing yes. as well. All right. No, no, you, you, you can sue the, the other person for breaking down the marriage. I see. Okay, so you know, we often heard about Donald Trump always always mention about prenuptial agreements and he also always advise everyone to get prenuptial agreements done uh, to save on suffering and divisions of asset later can we in malaysia have the same thing the prenuptial agreement before the marriage and what about after the marriage is there a way Hmm? Is there a way? Sorry. Is um, there a way? Is there any ways for the parties to contract out uh, Malaysian family law on divisions of assets, prenuptial agreements? Okay, so assuming that I'm married to uh, Miss J. Jamie. Yeah, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, prior, prior to me marrying Miss J. Uh, both of us and each one goes back with whatever assets that we put in. Mm. Okay? Mm. Nothing to stop us from entering into the contract. Mm. Now, in the event if Miss J and I decide to uh, dissolve the marriage, mm. that contract itself is not like how civil contract is like where we say, oh, there's this contract, etc., there's breach, etc., and, and, and parties can, can, can uh, rely on those terms. When it comes to family law, that contract itself merely or solely shows the intention of the parties, i.e. myself and Ms. J at that point in time. But ultimately, it really comes down to the judge inside. So, it's a yes and a no kind of speech because if you have a prenup, it just shows back then when you got married, what is our state of mind, but it's a no because you cannot just say, oh, because we agreed on this, therefore I want to lie and I want to execute this contract. You cannot work that way. I see. Okay, so a prenup doesn't work 100%. Can I say that? It's correct. It cannot work like how everyone thinks of UK and US. Mm. Okay, all right. So yeah, does this as division of asset also involve sharing in the shares in my name in a company? For example, like men you mentioned earlier on, 
So uh, we set up a company together. Let's say, you know, there's uh, Alfred and Vicky Sundaram Bahad. We set up a company together. And then that something happens and we have to say bye-bye to each other. Um, so if so, can someone hold on trust on behalf of me? So the shares, do I have to give 50% to him or do he have to give 50% of his shares to me? No. no. Okay. No. 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 Not at all. Okay. So if... Um, but uh, your question about the trust would be, who is holding the trust? So if let's say, um, Alfred and I have like 50%, 50% each in the company. So when we talk about uh, distributing asset, allocation asset, um, probably he have to give 50% to me, right? So if he doesn't want to give 50% to me, can he use another other people's name? Oh, this is quite sneaky. Can I use other people's name as a trust to hold on behalf of this asset, uh, this shares? And then after on, after he divorced, and then he transferred it back to himself. Prior to the dissolution of the marriage, I see. So there is no sharing of shares in the mar uh, in a company. In, in, yes. Uh, yeah. It is Monday. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we do uh, own a few companies together. <laughs> mm. this questions you oh, know also, when oh, also, good, good, good point, good point. yeah yeah good point right you know who knows you first mm. hey you guys only have like couple of years of relationship we we have decades of relationship together okay i mean a, a friendship together relationship that's so wrong that's true. <laughs> true. and um you both looks like you know every single time ever say you know the way we do this the way we do that it makes me sounds make me feel like an outsider now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If my wife, let's say, if my wife is a grantor in a joint name, okay. So let's assume that um, this scenario whereby um, let's say husband and wife buy a property, and then in that event. That property is not free of accumbances, okay? So either one party is, uh, both parties in the joining has a loan, or either one party is a grantor for another party. In this kind of event, how to remove yes. one parties in a divorce? What can be done, okay? Probably when they buy the property back then, um, they couldn't have the DSR, which is um, they can't afford to get the loan individually. That's why they put both their husband's and wife's name inside the loan. So when yes, loans is involved, the bank is involved, it's lots of co complication as well. So in this kind of case, uh, how can it be done? From, for, for this particular loan, it's going to be both names, right? Mm, both names. Yes. 
How to remove one party sound? Comes up, comes up the bank because at the end of the day, if, if either husband or wife wants divorce and then you say that this particular property, number one, they can, uh, of course, they will say that let's sell off the property proceeds straight half half. Okay. I'm going on the basis that one of the parties says, no, I don't want to sell it off. Okay. Right. This is usually what happens. Then, then mm. it really comes down to the bank to decide whether or not either spouse can then so, to answer your question, don't put both names, no? <laughs> okay. One name, no? <laughs> Alfred, 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 Alfred. <laughs> Alfred, fall asleep. This part um, is not for Alfred. Alfred, please remove yourself. Please switch off the uh, live. <laughs> so, um, actually, I do agree. Um, the way I do agree that um, property don't buy under joint names, especially husband and wife. But a lot of people, a lot of couple, uh, they thought that they, they are getting married. But prior to marriage, they will buy a property together. But they, they are talking about the marriage in like two or three years down the road. And somewhere in the next year, they decided that they don't want each other anymore. Um, that makes things even more complicated because this is not divorce. This is actually buying under friendship. You are buying both has is um boyfriend and girlfriend is yes. actually a friends. Yes. Yeah. That is even worse. Um. So a lot of people come to me yes. when they talk about and, 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 and Vicky, this. Uh, mm. Vicky, sorry, sorry, Vicky. Yes. Uh, sorry, Vicky. You are also right that if it's boyfriend and girlfriend, there's no status, right? It's going to be yeah. joint. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, sorry, I do even have, um, sometimes, I do even have couples, not even married yet, but help uh, one another paying, serving the loan. And that particular property only belongs to either one party. Okay, it happened to my family members, it happens to my friends, uh, who actually pay the installment on behalf of somebody else. Uh, property. So, for example, the property belongs to a girl. Um, that guy actually helped the girls to serve the installment because he loved her and he thinks that they are going to get married. But then the woman got broke up with the man and then, you know, that's a old hanging property. <laughs> so, there are cases like that as well. So, I do agree with you. Uh, buying property under one party's name will be sufficient um don't make things even more complicated because you does you won't know what it's gonna be like in the future okay yep so dway thank you so much that's all my questions i know i've been really 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 pain in the ass i really 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 <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today uh for this ask vicky how talks thank you so much and i hope all of you enjoyed today tonight and you learned something new today and thank you so much and we will see you next week bye bye